Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And the show starts now. This episode is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Tired? Hmm? Craving an energy drink, but you don't want to feel shitty and jittery afterwards? Well, try Dubby. Dubby Energy has this Nero Factor. It's a patented all-natural coffee cherry extract to help fuel you. Yeah, this ingredient is what gives Dubby its laser-focused and fast reflex effects, making it perfect for gamers. So, whether it's just had a long night, you know, just need some energy to go to work, Maybe a pre-workout or you want to get some gaming done. Dubby is for you. I highly recommend this. And they got some amazing flavors as well. Uh, very creative too, such as Dragonade, right? Dragonberry and Lemonade. Um, Galaxy Grenade. Beach and Peach. Yes, delicious. It's basically Kool-Aid that gets you pumped. So what the hell are you waiting for? Check them out at Dubby.gg. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Yeah, and guess what? And for 10% off, at checkout, enter this coupon code, right? I got you. It's Screaming Chewy SH, all right? All together, caps. Screaming Chewy SH. And yeah, you got 10% off. Dobby, check them out. everyone welcome back to another exciting episode of screaming chewy show and i'd like to welcome special guest personal growth strategist miguel lebron what up miguel hey screaming chewy thank you for allowing me to be on the show (laughs) thank you for coming on man i'm pretty excited and um you're you're a pretty productive guy man you're you're doing a lot of things here man yeah i appreciate that thank you thank you very much you know one of the things that that personally I'm I'm just not a fan of is people who are like in the coaching area, like life coaches, motivational speakers. And then you're like, yeah, but what are they really working on or what are they really doing or what are they struggling with? And so that's one of the things that have provoked me to share more of what I am doing and share more of my journey. And, and, and one of the ways that I'm doing that is, is just kind of diversifying on how I, uh, share that message. But so I appreciate that. Oh, I love that. Lead by example. Yeah, correct. And um, so tell me about, uh, you know, for those out there who don't know what a personal growth strategist is, can just enlighten us, inform us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a personal growth strategist. Uh, the idea here is that here, I'll ask a question. Have Have you ever established a goal, but didn't accomplish that goal? Yes, all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's happened to all of us. Most often, we don't know why, or maybe we deep down inside know why, but we feel like, well, still, even when I discover why it happened, it's not like I'm actually going to be able to do anything with that information. 
The idea is that when I team up with individuals, I help them be able to think strategically. And of course, the question now is, what does it mean to think strategically? Well, to think strategically is to be able to pivot and to be able to see a solution even when you don't feel like there is one. And so often we establish goals. We want to do something. Rather, it's start a new relationship, end a relationship, career change, or just balance our health and the busyness of life. And being able to create a new routine, new habits, that can be very challenging and overwhelming to the point that we just throw our hands in the air and say, forget about it. This is where personal growth strategies comes in and helps you actually define what success is and actually align that with your core values so that you can live a more fulfilled life. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. So you help people out a lot with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I've seen is specifically in the area of core values. And to me, I think that's the heart of everything. And one of the things that I've noticed is that generally speaking, people don't realize that their values are going to change. Like, for example, you think about when you were 19, you know, you were probably just hanging out or just focused on, you know, getting a car or just whatever the case may be. Right. But the goals and your perspective and your values when you were 19 changed when you were 20. 21, 22, when you get married and you have a kid, if you own a home, if you start a business, if you start a podcast, all of those changes in your life are going to change your values. So what happens is that people continue to operate under the old values. And so it's like, you know, you don't you don't take a new car and put an old engine into it. You want the whole upgrade. Otherwise, all you got was a kit and, you know, kits are nice, but come on. You know, <laughs> and so the idea <laughs> is you want the total upgrade. And what happens is that we we grow physically, we grow mentally, we grow emotionally, but we never go back and reevaluate what's important to me right now, because whatever is important to me right now is going to dictate whatever I see valuable towards creating, towards accomplishing. Okay. So you basically got to start over a little bit, right? Let go of some things. Yeah. So, so for example, you know, when like, for example, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a father and I'm a husband and I'm a homeowner. And so there's a bunch of hats that I wear. So my values, one of my values is my family more specifically, my household family, so my children. You know, I come from a home where my father and my mother divorced by the time I was two. My dad was in and out of jail, in and out of addiction, in and out of my life. So when my mother remarried, you would think, okay, so there is a happy ending. Well, not not quite, because my stepfather, he had an issue with alcohol. And when he was not on the bottle, he was great. But when he was on the bottle, it was an entirely different person. And so I had these two different perceptions, these two identities of what it seems or what it means to be a man. One from my father who was never around, but always said, I love you. And the other from this man that was always around, but never showed any affection. And so now as a father myself, one of the biggest things and a core value for me is my family. Again, specifically the family I have created with my wife. It is important that I am present for my daughters. It is important that I not uh, trade that time for anything else. So, you know, it, that is so important to me. So now once I've defined that as a core value, all of these 
other engagements and all of uh, these other things have to fit around the fact that this is important to me, not that I'm going to let go of possible time with my children to go do something else, because then it's not really a value. Okay. I love that. And that cuts deep, man. And I love that, how you value the time with your family, because you don't want them to feel how you felt, right? Growing up. Mm -hmm. I love that, bro. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, how does one get started? Um, Is that, is that the basics about learning the values, the core values? I think it's the heart of it. So you initiate, and I'm actually going to be doing a, a, a course coming up. I I'm not sure when this will be. Uh, live, so I don't want to date it so that it, you know, for the sense of evergreen, but uh, th there's going to be a coaching session that I'll be doing where we kind of go through that, meaning uh, the, the heart of it is your core values. So first, you actually say, okay, what are my core values? And anyone can do this now. If you, if you either A, do a Google search and just type in core values, you're going to get a list of a gazillion <laughs> of, of possible words. But if you go to MiguelLebron.com, there's a list about 40 that I've put together. And the idea is that, number one, you select what those words are, right? So it could be loyalty, love, and who knows, maybe fame and money, whatever it is, right? You, you establish those. But those are just words on a piece of paper. So then you have to turn them into verbs. And verbs are action words. And that is the next step. So in this training course that I'll be doing – and it's coming up March 4th. So that training course, we're going to go over defining our values and actually identifying what our values, because the next step from there is actually understanding what success means for you. But here's the thing, success and your values are tied together, right? So for example, going back to this example, if, if my family is a core value, then there's no way for me to have success without this value being addressed. Otherwise, I can become a billionaire tomorrow, but if I lost my family, then the money was worth nothing. I'm not successful, based upon whatever definition I establish. And what happens is that oftentimes we take the definition of somebody else. And so, again, I think it initiates with identifying these values and then being able to say, okay, now what does success look like for me? And then the next step, obviously, is reviewing your habits. And, um, you know, your habits tell a lot of where you're going. So, you know, I'll give an example of myself, which is that this year I've really tried to be more conscientious of going to the gym. You know, it's easy to, you know, if you're working behind a desk, rather that's, you know, you know, notes, jobs of, of going on Zoom, recording podcasts, video, you know, working behind a desk. Sometimes it's easy to just get comfortable and not be as active. And so that kind of happened to me. And I was like, I need to I need to change this. And I implemented this year the the actually going to the gym. I have a gym that's less than five miles away from my house. And um, and a couple of days ago, I was I had a headache from the moment I woke up and it stood with me the whole day it wasn't going anywhere oh my god and um oh, yo really? yeah it, it was bad so it was like okay maybe i slept wrong no no i feel like i slept pretty good okay maybe you need some water so i'm downing some water right okay maybe it's maybe you need some coffee yeah all right so let me get some coffee and i'm like three cups of coffee in eight bottles of water in <laughs> and it ain't going away and so my wife was like here have a Tylenol and, and I take the Tylenol and it goes away for a little bit, but, but it came back around either way. And it was time for me to go to the gym. 
And she said to me, you know, I, I know that you're dedicated to this routine and habit of going to the gym, but but nobody would blame you if you stood home today because you really have had it tough because of your headache. And I said to my wife, I said, my love, <clears throat> I said, my love, if I justify not going today because I feel bad, I will not go. I will justify not going when I feel good. And that's what happens oftentimes. It's like when, when you identify your values and when you understand what success is for you, even when you don't feel good, it's one of those things where like, no, no, no. Even while I don't feel good, I'm still going to go. And, you know, we got into gym and we crushed it. So, yeah, that's how it should be, man. Because because once you start making excuses, then it just falls apart. Right. They just say, fuck it next yeah. next month or next week. You know, it, it just evolves like that. And you're 100 percent right. Rain or shine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the toughest things to gain is momentum. And the way I like to describe momentum is, you know, when, when we were kids, I remember we would take a bike and we would from the top of the hill would just go all the way down. And, you know, we would, you know, use a helmet and be safe, but we weren't using none of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> we would jump on mountain bikes that we could barely reach the pedal. <laughs> we would jump on the bike and we would just go straight down the hill. And that was easy. It was it was smooth. You felt the wind in your hair. And you're like, oh, my goodness. The bike starts rumbling and you're like, am I going to fall? And of course, you would make it to the bottom and everybody would be like, it's crazy, right? Yeah. But then you turn around like, yeah, but that's the only way back home. Oh. And so now, <laughs> so now you have to take that bike and you have to go upwards. And, and the way I describe momentum is that feeling of going downhill. But if you lose momentum, then you got to go back hill. And it's much more tough going uphill than what it is coming downhill. It's it, Once you have momentum on your side, rather you feel like going or don't feel like going. Because people say, is that I don't feel motivated. I don't I don't I don't often times feel motivated. Like, what are you talking about? You know, we're not always going to feel motivated, but I cannot lose momentum because the day I lose momentum, I got to go back uphill. And and so now it's, it's like, yeah, now I, I have to keep going. And then it goes back to. Again, values that I find my core values and what I deem success to be. I love that example you used about the hill. Mm -hmm. That's that's perfect. You know, like, let's say you go to the gym, you're healthy and you go to the gym to maintain your weight. Right. Mm -hmm. You have the momentum. Then you stop for years. You get fat. And now you're going to have to work harder at the gym to lose all that weight you gained. You have to go yeah. up that hill, just like you were saying. You know, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, my my philosophy is is very simple. You know, I think that practical goals lead to a radical life. That's that's what I believe. And so what that means is if I if I want to go to the gym or if I want to be healthier in general, okay, what are some easy things that I could do tomorrow? What, so that I could do today. And and oftentimes it's like, well, if I want to, I want to be healthy. Okay, what does that mean? I got to be like John Cena. Like, you know, <laughs> I want to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, okay, well, hold on, because there's some things you're missing, which is some practical things. Like, do you drink enough water? Do you get enough rest? And 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 again, going back to to my my early statement, which is so many individuals in the in the realm of life coach, um, 
motivational speaker, um, you know, all of these individuals that are in that space, so many times they're quick to present to you the the quote unquote solution. And you're like, oh, how do I know they've gone through it? So, so for the sake of full transparency, I have actually started a blog where I'm writing daily what I am doing this year to implement the things that I've done. So my goal for this year is to get healthier. And so, and I've written on this where what I addressed first was my sleeping habit. You know, I come from a long line of sleeping owl, uh, of night owls. So, so we don't sleep at night. And, and to me, I always justified it as well. I could get my most work done at night. And so I had to rearrange that. I had to change that mindset. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to bed early. And, and so I determined a, a time that I'll go to bed. And then I spoke to my wife and I said, hey, I don't want my alarm to clash with yours. I, this is the time I want to have my alarm. Are you good? Yeah, good. Okay. So I started going to bed early and waking up early. And, and just for the sake of context, what early looks like for me is going to bed 11.30 p.m. and waking up at 6.30 a.m. That's that's early for me. And so, boom, there's my sleeping time. The next thing I did was that I increased my water intake because my water intake was just atrocious. That's what I did in January. So full transparency, in January of 2023, I'm not talking about years ago, it's about 2023. In January, I started off the year weighing 220 pounds. And by the end of January, I was at 215 pounds. Wow. Just by doing that? Just by doing that. Those were the only two things I did. I didn't start going to the gym until this month, February 6th. We started going to the gym. Wow, bro. That's crazy. So just just changing your sleeping habit. That's it. Wow. That's it. And that's what I mean by practical goals lead to a radical life. Like how easy is it for you to drink water? Now, I'll tell you how hard it was for me. For me, I would just forget. You know, I would just forget. And so what I did was that I put alarms on my phone. So my phone goes off at certain hours of the day to remind me, drink water. And I have those hours that are tied to a water jug that I have that have the same hours. So the water jug has the hours 8, 10, 12, all these hours. And then on my phone, the alarm goes off at that time. And so it reminds me, drink water, drink water, drink water. I need that. That's just me. I need that because otherwise it's, you know, I just, I just forget about it, but I've developed the habit where sometimes it's kind of funny. Sometimes the alarm will go off and say, drink water. And I look at the water jug. I'm like, I already did it. Like, (laughs) I beat you. Yeah. I beat the alarm. So, right. But that's the idea where it just becomes so part of you. And again, how hard is it? Like, okay, it's a little challenging to adjust yourself to it. But I mean, in the scope of how hard is it to drink water versus lift a thousand pounds, you know, and a squat, you know, like that, like you see the range of difficulty there. So again, make it as easy as possible so that you don't find yourself getting so overwhelmed and you can build momentum. I love that. I mean, I can relate so much. I'm I'm pretty good about drinking water. I love water, especially cold water, but I'm a night owl myself. And no matter what shift I work, what hours, I always find it hard to go to bed early. Mm-hmm. And because I have the most energy when I get off work, like mm-hmm. I've, I've never been a morning person, but, you know, I'll get up and do what I got to do. But I always have the most energy at night. 
Got you. And like, I would just stay up all night, bro, just doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the thing, like, because I mean, obviously, if you're going to work and you're working the night shift and then you go home, it's like, OK, you may get you may get home at a time where where there is literally nothing else to do, meaning everything else around you is closed. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're going to go to a store. Everybody's already sleeping. So it's not like you're going to call somebody to hang out. So so then it's like, OK, well, how do I address this now? Obviously, if you're already working that shift, meaning you're employed at that hour, then it's like, OK, figuring work out that will then help me figure out this sleeping part. But I think, you know, at least for me, it's been very beneficial going to bed early, waking up early. And, <laughs> you know, just man, just last night I had a, a I had like there was a lot of things I wanted to do before I put my head to the pillow and and I was looking at the clock and I was like, man, I don't you know, I don't want I don't want to jump into that midnight time. I don't want you know, and I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not going to lie. There was a moment where I was like, you know, if I just stay up a couple hours, I can do a lot of stuff. And yep. and it took, you know, it took it took a lot of me to be like, nope, head on the pillow, head on the pillow. And then, OK, I like, boom, I go to bed, I lay down. And, you know, you could go to bed, but it don't mean you fell asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I put my head on the pillow and I just, you know, I tried to fall asleep and it took me a little minute to to actually fall asleep. But I woke up at 630 and I was able to do all the things that I wanted to do last night. And and I would say even better and quicker because, you know, the difference there is by actually going to bed late, it would have or by trying to drag out that night, it would have actually diminished my productivity as the night, you know, kind of turns into the day. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. And you could do it the next day early with a cup of coffee. Yeah. More motivated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you this, um, you know, with reference to going to bed early and all of that stuff, for me, I've I've found interestingly enough, like there's been there's been these side effects. And I think what happens oftentimes is that when we start working towards a particular goal, there are these things that we didn't anticipate would happen. But when they do happen, we're like, okay, I've gotten somewhere. And it's so easy to settle. Right. Because the truth is that some changes are tangible and some results are not right. Some results, you can see them and some results you can't. But but but, you know, there's something happening. And so for me, waking up early, going to bed early, waking up early again for me, early is going to bed at 1130 p.m., waking up at 630 a.m. But what I have found is that when I'm able to go to sleep and and fully sleep the whole night, I've woken up and have had zero desire to drink coffee. And, and I was relying so much on coffee, but it, part of that was just I wasn't aware of my sleep style and what I needed to go through in order to actually fall asleep. And, and then also another byproduct was that because I wake up earlier than anyone else, I'm actually making breakfast for my wife every morning. And so, you know, which is cool. I mean, she enjoys it and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But but that goes back to my point of sometimes we see a result and we're like, OK, that means I did something. No, that means you're doing something. You know, if you say I did it, then then that means you done. But but if you understand, OK, this is a good result. It's not the result I'm looking for. But hey, that's good. Let me keep moving, because that means that there's going to be some more indications that something actually tangible is taking place here. The bar is open.
sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for the news you didn't even know you needed. From the frozen wasteland of western North Dakota to the tropical playground of Florida, it's time for tales of wonder and amazement. Put the kids to bed and pour yourself a drink. Lock the doors and close the blinds. Break out the cocaine and hookers. It's time for Happy Hour News. It's a process, right? It's a process. Mm-hmm. Keep that momentum going. Yep. Yes, sir. And um, you also have a podcast as well, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I have the podcast is Strategy Rewind, and it focuses on the mindset and strategies necessary for a breakthrough moment. And so, you know, there I've I've had individuals who've come on and shared their story and their strategies of how they've accomplished their goals. And then on it as well, I've shared some some of my details of what I've done and my perspective from not just a personal growth standpoint with reference to physical growth, mental growth, emotional growth, but also spiritual growth and, and the idea of being someone who is a leader and living a fulfilled life. I love it, man. Very professional. And um, I was just listening to your latest one, Brace for Impact. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff yeah. and good stuff. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So this year, this month of February, one of the things that I challenged myself to do was to go live on the Wisdom app. And so if, for those who aren't familiar with the Wisdom application, it's a social audio platform. So you don't have to write any posts or put up any pictures or filters or or videos or nothing. It literally is audio. So you can ask people questions or you can answer questions and you can even go live audially and you can have conversations because people who are the audience members can actually join in kind of like Clubhouse. But the difference of Clubhouse and Wisdom is that Clubhouse creates this collective of people. And so it's tough to to actually connect with this this group of, let's say, 25 people who are all trying to chime in. But this 20 group in in this example, this group of 20 people on the Wisdom app can actually come one on one into the conversation. So it becomes very much personal. And at the same time, you can then after you're done with the live, you can download it and upload it as a podcast. And that's what I've done in the month of February. I've gone live every single day for uh, for for a few moments to typically about 30 minutes. I try to go on the Wisdom app every day live. And then that becomes part of the conversation uh, on the Strategy Rewind podcast. So inching closer to, to day 28 here. Wow, that's dedication, man. That's dedication. <laughs> and that's yeah. pretty awesome that you have an audience uh, going live like that. You could answer questions or, you know, just like that live. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's there's a few episodes where you where you can hear that uh, individuals actually jump on and we have conversation in the moment uh, about the topic. I think uh, a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago, I did a podcast about procrastination and what it means and understanding procrastination. We had a guy who who kept coming on uh, because the wisdom app allows you to put a timer so you can decide, OK, do I want people to have 10 minutes to chat with me or five minutes or even 30 minutes? Oh. Um 
Yeah. And so I had a timer, which was about five minutes. And so, you know, the five minutes was up and he kept coming back around. So, yeah, on that episode, you can hear him a few times and we're going back and forth. Uh, uh, awesome conversation with reference to uh, to procrastination. And then, you know, it also allows the refining of the message, but it also allows for further expansion of the community and and actually finding new ways to serve people. And, and I think at the end, that to me is what's important. How can I be of service to people? Rather, that would be you know, visiting podcasts like like we're doing here, or rather that would be going live on the Wisdom app, or that would be through text, you know, like the blog or whatever that case may be. I understand that everybody learns differently and everybody takes in information differently. So, you know, I'm not omnipresent. I'm not everywhere at all times, but I definitely try to make sure that whatever platform I'm on, that that I'm bringing value consistently. Yes. And, um, I love what you're doing because like mental health wise, a lot of people, they compare themselves to others and they see other people's progress and success. And they're like, well, I'm not doing shit with my life. And they feel down and it, it like kills their momentum even more. And it gets them more down and this vicious cycle. Right. And it could just spiral down. You never know what somebody's going through, but you know, you coming in and you're like, all right, let's get it together. (laughs) <laughs> just that right there could make a huge difference in someone's life. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And and that's what I've seen as well. You know, I've seen individuals who have who have sent me messages, rather that would be, you know, through Messenger or through email or through the Wisdom app, who've sent messages like this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is what I need and and I'm happy that that that, that is the case that the message of of values of of definition of success of habits i'm i'm happy that it resonates and and i know that it's that it's an important conversation because over the years it's been something that's been so important for me you know as i mentioned previously i come from a home a broken home right my my dad wasn't present my my stepfather you know was there physically but but emotionally wasn't there and it really wasn't until i was about 15 years old that i had a mentor of mine who who really became a father figure and that kind of changed everything because he saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And oftentimes, as you're saying, you know, we're so busy looking at other individuals and comparing ourselves or even reminiscing on our past failures and, and moments where we felt like we could have done better and living in all of these things where we don't even see the opportunity in front of us. And this is where it requires that outside perspective to be like, yeah, you don't even know that you're on the on the horizon of something really great. Yes, true. So because everybody has so much potential in them, but many people don't see it. It takes somebody to put a mirror in front of you and be like, look, this is what you got right here. Yeah, certainly. Certainly that was the case for me when I was, uh, you know, when I was 15 years old and 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 it changed the trajectory of my life entirely. I don't know if I'd be where I'm at, certainly I wouldn't be the person I am because those those tools, those systems and processes that 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 I was shown at that age really, really molded me. You know, it wasn't just um, you know, disciplines on, you know, how to how to address your elders, but it was also spiritual discipline, like how to take time to meditate, you know, how to how to read and actually get information, how to tie a tie. Like, and and that seems so basic, but but at that point, that was what I needed. 
And the way I define strategy is it's a number of steps. It's a specific number of steps to help you obtain a breakthrough moment. And what happens sometimes is that we're so busy either A, living in the past or B, comparing ourselves to someone else or, you know, just not allowing ourselves to actually grow and see the possibility. And so then it almost seems like we we can't determine how many steps we are away from that breakthrough moment. And so for me, all of those parts in my life that needed to be implemented, I've had mentors, men and women who just fed and, and nourished the vision and the potential that, again, I didn't even know was there. And that's one of the things that drives me. The, the, the opportunity to be able to connect with people and to be able to say, here, here, here's the greatness that you don't even realize that's in you, but it is. And really, it just takes addressing habits. It just takes addressing the practical day-to-day things, which is going to lead to actually seeing that greatness. And, and the way I define greatness is the authentic you coming alive. I love that. And once the uh, authentic you comes alive, that's when you start seeing more of a purpose. Yeah. That's when everything starts falling into place and you're like, all right, I see it now. You know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And and that's that aha moment. That's what I call a breakthrough moment. You know, it's that moment where skills and understanding match. And I always use this story. It's a story from the documentary of of Michael Jordan. And in this documentary, The Last Dance, there's a moment where he is saying of what happened when he left basketball. And, you know, they won the six championships. In in between that, he left to go play baseball, but came back. And and they won the six championships. And he was willing to continue. But, of course, the owner of the Chicago Bulls determined, no, I'm getting rid of everybody, even the coach, everybody. And Michael, to display his loyalty to the team, said to the owner, if you get rid of the coach, if you get rid of the the players, any of the, the primary players, I'm leaving. I will not resign. And of course, the owner called his bluff and Michael did walk away. Right. They got rid of Phil Jackson, Rodman, Pippen, everybody. And Jordan left as well. And Jordan says in his documentary that he really didn't want to leave because he felt that at that moment, his skills of playing basketball and his knowledge of the game had finally matched. And just think about this. Oh my he had already God. won. He had already won six championships. And he's like, no, no, now I get it. Oh. Now I see what to, like, that's insane. You know, like the idea that this guy just won six championships is arguably to this day considered the GOAT. And he's like, nope, at that time, that was my breakthrough moment. That's when I got it. Of course, the circumstances were where they were, and history is history. But I love that story because it shows. It's not about fake it till you make it. It's trust the information because how do you explain winning six championships? You're telling me Jordan faked it until he made it? No, he Mm -hmm. practiced and he trusts the knowledge and he trusts the information and he trusts his coach and he won the six championships. And then there was a moment where finally his skills and the understanding come together. And, and there's this theory that if Jordan would have kept playing, he would have won the seven and eighth championship. I believe it. And, yeah. and Jordan, you know, and this guy, you know, you know, rain or shine, he still went to practice. Yep. You know, it didn't come easy. Yep. 
every single day he was in there. And that's why, you know, in the conversation of basketball, to me personally, I, to me, you know, I'm a Kobe fan. I, you know, when I started watching basketball, that was my guy. I rooted for the Lakers all the way until they started doing some things that I was like, I ain't a fan of that. But, <laughs> but I was always rooting for Kobe and, and, and just the thing that I that I really, really appreciated about Kobe was the willingness to leave it all out there. There's this clip, which you can find it online, where Kobe is playing in a game, in a game, and he dislocate his finger. And of course, the, the medical coach comes out to the floor and he's like, come on, come on, come on, sit down. Let's get you off the floor. And Kobe's like, nope, pop it back in. And the, oh. the, the medical coach is like, no, 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 no come on. And, and Kobe stops. And says, put it back in. And the guy's like, you ready? And he says, there you go. And he pops it back in. Kobe turns around and keeps playing. That's and, a G right there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the type of, and you're like, you know, here's the thing. We, we say, well, yeah, but that's them. I can never do that. Sure, not at that level, but you can do it by waking up early. You can do it by going to better. You can do it by dedicating yourself relentlessly every day to the goals that you have. And, you know, we justify it by saying, well, well yeah, it's, it's Jordan. Well, yeah, it's Kobe. Of course, it's them. But, you know, surround yourself with people that will nourish your vision. Find somebody around you that you say, this is the person who's getting it done. Don't copy them but study their steps. And there is a difference. Oftentimes we copy the person and we say, okay, I got to be like them. No, you don't got to be like them, but study the steps because in the steps, there is some treasure there. And, and maybe you're looking around and you're saying, bro, I ain't got nobody in my life like that. Okay. Then you need to make a bold decision to team up with somebody that's going to help you get a mentor, get a coach, get a pastor, get a somebody that's going to actually help you grow out of the area of comfort that you're in. Otherwise, you're not going to gain momentum. You're most definitely not going to be able to see everything that you could see. Yes, 100%. You need somebody that's going to motivate you and not give up on you. Because there's mm -hmm. going to be times you're going to give up on you. But you need that person that's like, nah, man, come on, get up. Let's go. <laughs> get this over with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, I was talking to, to somebody recently and they were like, I just need an accountability partner. That's what they told me. They said, I need an accountability partner. I was like, you don't need accountability. You need a success buddy. That's what you need. A success buddy. Somebody that understands your definition of success and will not let you go until that comes to life. Accountability, you got to be accountable about your own self and your own actions. But a success buddy is going to push you and say, this is the definition. You said you wanted this. Do you want it? And of course, it's be like, yeah, but it's raining. But do you want it? Yeah. Then let's go. Rain, sleek, snow, whatever it may be. Let's get it done. Yes, exactly. You know, you, you change your environment. And for the people that don't have hope in themselves, they're like, I can't do that. Like how you were talking about. You know, Kobe popping his finger and mm -hmm. we're like, I, I can't do that. I'm not like that. I, I love telling people, like, look, this is a true story, right? This this kid was pinned under a car, right? Mm -hmm. The mom panicked and ran. And with the adrenaline, she lifted the car to, like, get the kid out, oh. right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, we all have that in us. <laughs> yeah. The right circumstances, you know? Of course. Of course. And And so think about this. Think about this. If if you and I, if you and I 
are are standing, you know, wherever on a park, right? We're in a park, and and I pull a, a tool a two by four out, and I say, hey, do me a favor, cr- cross over the two by four. It's on the floor, and I say, cross over the two by four. If you get from one end to another, I'll give you a I'll give you twenty dollars. Easiest twenty dollars ever, right? Mm-hmm. Two by four is on the floor. There's there's little to no. I mean, what what is the risk? What, what is it going to be? Nothing. But then we take that same two by four. Maybe we take a different piece of wood. We take a plank and we put it from one end of a building to another building. And I say, hey, cross over and I'll give you another $20. At this point, you'll be like, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> on a tall building. <laughs> it makes no sense. But now let's imagine that at the other side, it's a burning building and it's someone you really love. You want to do it? Oh, shit, bro. Definitely. Wow. Right. Be- because your values, do you see how how the money wasn't worth it, but what was worth it was your family. And you were like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately you went there. You were like, no, I, I got to go. I'll risk it all. That's the type of mindset it requires in order to accomplish those things, even in difficult moments. I love that. Wow, man. That, that cut deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very good example of using value. Wow. And but people, I think it's most people take it for granted, right? You just got to be reminded a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that's why to me, it it's not enough to to just identify your values, right? Like you can identify your values by saying, okay, you know, family is important, loyalty is important, uh, traveling is important, uh, being creative isn't like it's not enough to say these are things that are important to me. You then have to take those words and turn them into verbs because the the idea is that your values would hold you accountable and that they would be actionable because words on a wall, I mean, you know, words on a piece of paper, like who cares? But when you put actions behind those words, when I say, okay, one of my values is legacy. Well, okay, great. Legacy. Fantastic. No, no, no. See, legacy to me is the impact that I have when I have, number one, left the room, and number two, left earth. And so with that in mind, I have to serve. Because if legacy is so important to me, it is massively important that here on the Screaming Chewy show, I leave value. Why? Because this may be our last, this may be our last conversation. What is the legacy I will leave here? And so that that's to me, right? That's, a, that's how I just took a word, made it a verb, and it holds me accountable. And so we have to do that. That's the part that I think oftentimes is like, yeah, it's important to me, but it's if it, if there's a but behind the statement, then it may not have been something you've actually defined and actually made into a verb. Wow. Okay. Damn, man. And um, do you have a message for for the youth out there or anybody going through a hard time right now? Yeah. To anybody that's listening, young, old, in between, you know, I will share with you, first of all, the sentiments of Gary Vaynerchuk, who says you're going to live for a long time. <laughs> and and I think oftentimes people that fall into a midlife crisis is because people think they're midway through their life. Like you don't fall in. You notice you don't fall in a midlife crisis when you're 25, like you like, yo, I'm 25. Now I'm, I got it going on. 
you know, you know, nobody at the age of 15 falls into a midlife crisis like that ain't it. It's usually a later part in the years when you're trying to figure out, okay, I have this marriage. I raised these kids. I did all these things and it's all over for me. No, it's not. You just need to redefine your values. And so again, you know, you're going to live for a long time for another hundred years. You better make these hundred years count. And then on the other side of that, I would really stress the importance of surrounding yourself with people that will nourish your vision. And that's been my motto for several years now. Just surround yourself with people that will nourish your vision. I see a lot of people on social media sometimes who just talk about the haters and the naysayers. And I I refuse to talk about that because I don't care about those who don't care about where I'm going. You know, I only care about those who are invested in where they are going. And and it's like, let's work together. I'm going to hold you accountable. You're going to hold me accountable. And we're going to put in work. We're going to make this happen. People that are like, oh, it's never going to happen. Okay, great. Stay over there. Go ahead and stay all the way over there. Don't even look this way. Go to your room. Like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I don't want none of that. And, you know, I've I actually had a conversation with somebody who was like, no, but you got to keep them in the room so they could witness it. No, no, no. I don't even want them in the room. And I'll tell you an example. When my wife and I were about to get married and we were planning our wedding, you know, you know, I come from a Latino family. So it's like, it's got to be this big, massive thing. Right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so my wife was like, hey, you know, we got to do it up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Small, small. We don't need massive people around there. And so it took a little back and forth conversation. Afterwards, some things happened where she realized, OK, you're right. We need to have the, the main people in the room. And, you know, it wasn't something where her father was paying for the wedding. It was something where she was paying and I was paying. And we were we were getting ready to get married. And there was a lot of people who loved on us and invested their skills and their time. And so we're massively grateful for that. But father-in-law wasn't paying for anything. And we had this moment where he wanted to have a conversation of how we were planning the wedding. And so we're, we're talking about the seating arrangements, about how you got to pay per chair, per plate, like you're paying for all these parts. And 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 again, it was my wife and I who were paying for all of this. And he says, you know, this person and he says the person's name, I want this person to be in the wedding. And I looked at him. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, I, I need this person to be in in the wedding. You know, he he means a lot to me. I was like, now he not on the list. Because he don't mean nothing to me in this context. No, no, he's got to be there. I was like, great. You pay for all the chairs and he can be there. Nice. And of course, when he saw the price tag, he was like, nah, it ain't that important. <laughs> <laughs> so when we got married, we had 50 people in the room. 50 people. And, and and you know, for a Latino family, that's that's a nothing. <laughs> 50 people, yeah. that's nothing, you know. But we have 50 people because I was like, I only want the people who have actually invested in our journey. Yeah. 
I only want the people because that's it's a celebration. And every time you accomplish a goal, that's a celebration. Why would I want people who did not take time to believe, invest, encourage? Why do I want them in the room on a celebration? I mean, when when anybody in the National Football League, National Basketball, or any sport wins, they have a parade. And in the parade, you have everybody who did zero celebrating, saying, we won the championship. Bro, you didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't want people like that around me. And when I say surround yourself with people that nourish your vision, I mean, if you got people around you that are only people who have toxic traits or limiting beliefs or bad habits and are trying to actually justifying you staying in your comfort zone, them the people you got to say, hey, I love you, but, but you're going to have to stay over there. Over, and and the difficult part about this is that sometimes that includes, you know, family members, close friends, relatives, that includes those people. And, and so I would encourage, again, number one, you're going to live for a long time. So, you know, take advantage of that time. Number two, surround yourself with people that will nourish your vision. The Universe of Every Religion and None. Written by Roderick Edwards, narrated by John Ashton Nickerson. Roderick Edwards is the author of books as varied as a fictional account of a person living in a deserted world to an autobiography about his adoption and reunion to this book about the universe. Find out more at RoderickE.com. Hey everyone, quick message from Tucson's Rising Phoenix, Fitness and Defense help treat anxiety and depression with martial arts training and education, develop the confidence, skills, and fitness you need to stay safe. Our focus is real-world self-defense tactics, practical and effective for everyone. You can find them at 4500 East Speedway Boulevard, number 4, Tucson AZ 85712, or you can call them at 520 520- 838-1592. They are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So hit them up. Learn martial arts, very therapeutic, and you can learn to kick ass and kick depression's ass as well. So um hit them up. You know, that's um that's very true. Um so like <clears throat> it's easy it's easy it's easy to make friends for me, but the people I hold close, my circle is very small, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I talk to a lot of people, but they're not all my friends, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I have a friend, and she's really friendly, and everybody she talks to, she thinks they're her friend right away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And they'll end up, like, doing her dirty, or, you know, and she does music as well. And but people are like, you know, you're probably never going to be famous. And mm-hmm. I'm like, look, don't listen to those people. First off, they're not your friends. Not everyone is your friend. And I'm like, second off, focus, take care of yourself and the people they take care of you and forget about everybody else. Yeah, that's what that's what I reminded me of when you were saying about just the 50 people in your wedding Mm -hmm. is they're the ones that deserve to be there. You know, they're the one. And, And, you know, the thing with 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 her case is that self-efficacy which is the way that you view yourself 
has a lot to do with how others around you view you and what they do. So, so an example of this is, you know, if you're a little kid and your mom says you're you're handsome, you're strong, you're brave, then you believe it because you're going based upon what she said. And so your self-esteem, your self-efficacy, your self-value is predicated on what mom and dad say. Now, as you get older, you then begin to look for another tribe that will say the same thing. So, you know, around eight years old, you're really focused on what do my friends say? And you're now looking for other voices aside from mom and dad, because it's like, is this mom and dad? But now you're looking for other voices that will give you some type of validation of saying, hey, you are smart and great. I'm like, I knew it. Mom and dad been saying that a long time ago. But again, self-efficacy relies on how other people may uh, present you to yourself, right? And so the other part of that is if everyone around me is accomplishing great things, then I will believe I'm destined for greatness because my, you know, I got, I got screaming Chewy out here putting in work. I got this person putting in work. I'm surrounded by the best. If these people are this close to me and they're putting in work, I could put in work too. And so that affects our self-efficacy. And so when you say this individual that wants to be friends with everybody and, and yet everybody who she befriends is individuals who aren't actually elevating her, you know, it's like, okay, where does your self-efficacy lie? Where does your your uh, personal esteem lie. And, and you know, you look at a situation like that and it's like, okay, so what's the solution? And, and I would go right back and say, define your values. Because if friendship is such a massive thing for you in, in the list of values, then now we have to define what is a friendship. And it's likely you'll see that the people you call friends don't even match that definition. I love that. I love that. And that's a necessary step, you know, and let's say you get to the next level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, exactly. And and again, your values are going to continue changing because life, like you know, life forces you to change. And, and then there are some change. There are some decisions you make that causes change. You know, for example, getting married, buying a home, having children, those are changes. And so what was once important is no longer important. And it's necessary then to go back and say, okay, wh what are my values? What's important to me here? And, and how is that going to play out in the next five to 10 years? And, you know, for me, I think every 10 years we should be reinventing ourselves. And so what that means is, who you are now should not be who you are in the next 10 years. I mean, who you are in the next 10 years should be somebody smarter, stronger, better, you know, just crushing it. If, if 10 years from now, you're still in the same place. And by you, I don't mean personally, you, I mean, you know, in a general sense, if 10 years from now, we're still in the same place, something went wrong. Mm -hmm. Something went wrong. We did, we didn't reevaluate. We didn't, actually have a winning mindset we didn't actually you know went out and and made things happen yeah you, ha you haven't grown right mm -hmm. you didn't change in 10 years you haven't grown yeah yeah and that's a scary thing i mean you think about yeah you know i was actually i was talking to somebody on, on a recent podcast and and i was talking about that where it's like can you imagine an overgrown baby and it's like, you know, an overgrown baby, you're like, man, what is going on here? How come nobody has taught him how to how to use the bathroom and he's still using diapers? Like that makes no sense. 
But in, you know, there are 10 life domains and it's like, well, you may be mature in one area, but you can be immature and not fully developed in other areas. And, and you won't know until you start actually sitting down and again, defining those values and really honing in on what is important to you, what is important to what you want to accomplish. Yeah, that's very true. I think a lot of people, they grow up and, you know, they become more responsible, more organized, but some people emotionally, they don't grow and you don't realize that you're in a relationship, right? Mm, like yeah. this person is really immature. They can't communicate. You mm. know what I mean? It's stuff like that. It's like, you know, you, you need to do some work if you want to make <laughs> this work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, going back to that point of self-efficacy is like if if the way I view myself is predicated on the way people view me in initially, then that would also mean uh, that the way I view relationships is also predicated on those examples around me, meaning that as as a husband, the way I treat my wife is an example to my children on what to expect or not to expect in a relationship that they may have. And so, you know, when you look at statistically that most homes are broken homes like the one I came from, that right there sets up the individual with some expectations or desires. Uh, of course, you know, everybody's journey is slightly different. And, and, and so we observe that and we say, okay, what is still the winning formula? Like everybody's different economically, socially, you know, faith-based, like all of that is so, it's like multi-layered, they're all different, you know, in the, in the words of Shrek, you know, they're like, lay, they're like onions, you know, <laughs> he said, he said the donkey, you know, uh, ogres are like onions, we have layers, and human beings, we are like that, we have layers, however, there's already a model, there's already a system, define your core values, have them not only identified, but defined. And that's going to be a clear framework because here's the thing that those values serve as a compass and they will put direction. And so if you're an individual who emotionally you you're in a relationship and you come to the realization, man, it's true because that's the other thing. There's a level of vulnerability there that's required. So if I'm in a relationship and my significant other says to me, Hey man, every time I want to talk to you calmly, you just get mad and angry and, and frustrated. There's two options. One, I can get defensive and be like, bro, you don't even know me. Get out of here. Blah, 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 blah. Or I can internalize and say, yeah, maybe that's true. And if it is true, then maybe I have to fix myself. Because if it's not true, then I'm perfect. I'm great. But if it is true and I refuse to see it, what's going to be the long-term outcome? Not just with this relationship, but with my life. And, and so that process of internalizing, you know, oftentimes for some people, it's a natural thing. For other people, this is where you have to take the time and invest in yourself. And so with that, I'd like to say that there's a difference between a personal growth strategist and a therapist. A therapist helps you discover all of your past and the emotions and the experience and how that has influenced where you are now. That's what a therapist does. But a personal growth strategist focuses on where you want to go and what are the necessary habits, mindsets, and strategies in order for you to get there. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're basically a therapist and a motivation. You know, somebody that motivates <laughs> you, it's going to get you going, you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, and 
I have clients who have both that, you know, they have their therapist who they sit with to deal out with their past. And then when we sit together, we're talking about where we're going. And of course, what that does is that it gives them more tool, more language, more perspective, because all the work that they're doing on all this emotional, all this, all these other sides also allows them to become a more well-rounded person that, you know, at the end of the day, we are not just physical beings, you know, we are spiritual beings and we have a consciousness, we have an emotions, we have, you know, all of these things, the mental health is very serious. And so if we say, well, I just want to establish a goal and be better. All right, great. But one, and this has happened before, like I remember being in a conversation with someone. So, so I offer a free 30 minute strategy session and this individual came on and we did a 30 minute strategy session and we spoke and I said, hey, this is what we could implement if you wanted to work together. Uh, but but maybe working with a maybe working with a therapist might be the initial start. And they were like, no, 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 no let's work together. Let's work together. Uh, OK, we'll give it a chance here. And so we met again. And then when we started talking, they went right back into my mama wasn't there and this and that. And I'm like, OK, you clearly need to talk to a therapist. I cannot work with you until you've addressed those things. If you're addressing them, then we can work together at the same time, but you really have to get those emotional things set. And so it's important to identify the difference between what a therapist does, again, focuses on your past and what got you to where you are, where a personal growth strategist is like, where are you going? And let's start working towards that. Okay. So therapist is more of an understanding and um, getting to know your trauma. Correct. Correct. Right. So, you know, so, you know, it's easy to have trauma or residual effects of, you know, your parents getting divorced or your, or, you know, an abusive past or whatever the case may be. And if you don't deal with that, then that can linger. Most definitely trauma is real. Uh, the postpartum that comes from all of these things, all of that is real. And, and you definitely want to address that and, and have language to be able to manage and maneuver to all of that. That's not everybody's case. Uh, sometimes it really is just individuals who have fallen into a habit. And of course, the thing about habits is that it's something you build over time. So you think about, you know, for example, going to bed late, you know, it, it's something that I've done and something that that I think it's, it's clear here. So it's like, OK, I went to bed late when I was young. Why? Because my mom would stay up night. Well, why would she stay up night? Well, because, you know, we didn't live in the best neighborhood and she wanted to make sure that everybody was in bed safe before she went to bed. OK, so then I stood up with her sometimes. And so staying up late just became a thing that I did with my mom. And then when I got married, you know, already I was in that habit of just staying up late. And then, you know, my wife, she started pushing back her uh, bedtime because, well, we're together. Let's stay up together. And and Netflix started coming around and, and all of these streaming services. So now it's like, well, yeah, let's stay up. Let's let's run a marathon. And so now over time, you see how this becomes a habit. And so now, you know, some many, many years later, it's like, hey, I have to address this. I have I can't keep sleeping this late. I can't keep doing that. OK, how do you fix that over time? And that process for everyone is slightly different. Um but but that's where a personal growth strategist comes in and says, OK, well, let's review these habits. Let's review these, uh, you know, these practical changes that we can implement 
to build momentum. And once you've built the momentum, then you can make a change. So for example, for some people that don't work at night, then it may be a little different. For example, they, okay, we'll go to bed 30 minutes earlier. Can you go to bed 30 minutes earlier? Yeah, I can go to bed 30 minutes earlier. Okay, go to bed 30 minutes earlier. Wake up 30 minutes earlier. After about a week of doing that, okay, go to bed an hour earlier. Okay, go to bed an hour earlier. Wake up an hour earlier. So now you're just adjusting that time. And of course, the incremental part is like 30 minutes. It doesn't seem a lot. Well, great, because that's the idea. We don't want it to seem like a drastical ripping off of the Band-Aid. And you build momentum that way. And it doesn't feel like your whole life is flipped upside down because it shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, I think, um, you know, people get too overwhelmed because they try and do too much too fast. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I say practical goals lead to a radical life and not the other way around. You know, I, I knew a person who was struggling with their weight and, you know, they were struggling with their weight and they were like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, you know, let's just start with the basics. You know, let's focus on your sleeping. Let's focus on your drinking. Let's, let's just focus on these things. Nah, I think I'm going to go a different route. Okay. So they started doing this crazy extreme workout thing and they lost ridiculous amount of weight. Ridiculous. Only one problem. When the program was over, what you think happened? Oh, uh, he gained it back. Gained it right back. Because that extreme, that radical workout was not sustainable. The radical diet was not sustainable. You really got to make it so that it's part of your daily routine, right? So waking up early has to be part of your new daily routine. Going to bed early has to be part of your new daily routine. This is the way I function now. For me, alarms have been massively helpful. I have alarm for everything <laughs> uh, to the point that you know, I have three daughters, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a two-year-old. And every time my alarm goes off, my daughter, my two-year-old, she's like, it's time to go, daddy. It's time to go. Yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love it, man. And um, yeah, you're you're 100% right. It's not always about motivation, but more routine, right? Make it mm -hmm. part of your life. Like you said, those little things, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Once once you build momentum and momentum is on your side, then it becomes really it becomes fun. And that does it by becoming fun. It doesn't mean that you're always going to find joy in doing it. But because you're continuing to do it, it's like think about, you know, the Chicago Bulls when they went undefeated or even the Golden State Warriors recently, several years ago, they went undefeated for a very long time and everyone was excited because there was momentum behind it and everybody was like oh here's another one and another one and another one and another one and there's massive momentum even you know in the world of boxing it's like there's massive momentum when an individual is consistently winning and consistently just moving forward in the same way it should be when we accomplish our goals Hitting all those checkpoints creates momentum. And so you should have those people around you that are celebrating with you. It's like, all right, here's another one and another one and another one and another one. Like have that type of mindset. Yeah, very true. And, you know, like you're saying, that applies to everything. And I'm right. seeing that in podcasting, right? People are coming out with an episode every week, maybe more. And then they take a break. Yeah. And they don't come back from that break, you know? Right, right. And and it's interesting because when you look at the numbers, like when you look at the analytics, what happens is that 
you know, they walked away, they took a break, and maybe they were like, all right, I'll get back into it. So they drop one episode, and then they drop another episode. And it's like the break from that episode to the other is so massive that the audience is like, all right, bro, what are we doing here? Am I, should I expect something or not? And the way I always present that to people, you know, as a podcaster, the way I always present it to people is, hey, think about your favorite show on Netflix and imagine that you saw the first episode. And you were all in. You're like, yo, we about to we about to run a marathon on this one. <laughs> and then it's like when you hit play for episode two, they're like, hey, we're going to come back. We just don't know when. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? Yo, and you can imagine on social media, they're going to bury that show. Mm-hmm. Like, Rest in peace. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the worst. But so in that sense, it's like if you're podcasting, you definitely want to build a sense of consistency and the same thing with, you know, if you're if you're blogging or doing videos or just, you know, trying to uh, live a better life and accomplish your goals and live a more fulfilled life. Consistency, momentum is the name of the game. Man, you just got me so motivated, bro. <laughs> good at what you do, bro. And for anybody listening, if they want to contact you, um, you know, find your podcast, anything, um, plug your links, bro. Yeah. So the, the simplest way to find all things that I'm doing is by going to miguellebron.com. If you type in miguellebron.com, just simply click on coaching. If you wanted details with reference to coaching or even to set up a free 30 minute strategy session, of course, there I'm, I'm going to encourage you to, uh, subscribe to my blog. It's, It's simply titled Miguel's Writings. And what I'm doing with that is I'm transparently showing and saying, hey, this is what I am doing this year to to become better. So it's it's the personal growth of a personal growth strategist. I love it. It's just showing that, you know, you're a person, too, and you're doing it, too, you know? Right, right. Exactly. You know, sometimes people have the 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 comeback is often. Well, it's easy for you to say, no, no, it's not easy for me to say, Uh, (laughs) but it requires a level of commitment and then it requires recommitting every day. And so, you know, as opposed to to put a nice little bow on it, it's like once you have defined success and you commit to that definition of success, then you every day have to recommit to it. So it's like when I said I do to my wife and we were standing on that out on that altar in front of the pastor, you know, in front of, you know, the, the people who were there, we are now, you know, essentially saying, Hey, this is a pact, an eternal pact. And, and it's like, okay, well, fine. You did the pact. Great. Pan, you know, fantastic. Yes. But then every single day I made the pact over with myself. I recommit today. I recommit today. Today, I recommit today. And every year that looks a little differently. You know, we've been married for 13 years now. And so every year that every day, every year, every second, that looks a little differently. But that recommitting part, that recommitting, and that's the type of focus I think we all need to have with reference to whatever that definition of success and that definition of success cannot be what what your mom or your dad or your uncle or or Michael Jordan thinks success is. It needs to be applicable to you and your core values because it's going to require for you to recommit to it every single day. 
you know, come hella high water every single day you recommit to it. So we'll be going into that shortly into a new series we'll be doing, a new coaching session. And again, you can find more details on MiguelLeBron.com. Awesome. MiguelLeBron.com. And um, um, amazing conversation with you, man. Um, I could talk to you all day, bro. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I love it, man. And uh, I'd like to thank you again for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Anytime. All right, man. You have a good one. Thank you. You too. Peace. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace